What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the show. My guest today is Mike Bausch from Andolini's Pizza. If you've been to the Pizza Expo or read Pizza Today magazine, you very much know who Mike is. He's a smart guy. He's got a lot of projects going on over at Andolini's Pizza, and we talk all about them on this episode of the podcast. He shares his knowledge. There's a lot of information in here. We talk about hiring. We talk about marketing. We talk about growth. We're going to talk about all that stuff on this podcast episode. So it's a long one. You're definitely going to want to take some notes and maybe even listen to this a couple times because Mike shares some good nuggets in there. But if you are going to the Expo in March, stop by and say hello. By the way, if you are going to the Expo in March, we are going to be doing our live episodes of the podcast over at the Forza Forney booth. Just like we did at the New Jersey show, we're going to be doing the same thing in Las Vegas. So if you haven't yet, go over to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're not going to be able to make it to the show, we will add all of the videos over on our YouTube channel or Facebook. You can do two things. Go search Brew Serving on YouTube or go to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link there a show uh, on the show notes for this episode. We'll link you our YouTube channel where you can go hit the subscribe button so you'll get a chance to see all of these guys on the podcast when we do our shows live in Las Vegas. This show is also sponsored by Forza Forney. If you're looking for a pizza oven for your restaurant, maybe it's a new concept or maybe you're looking for an upgrade, check out the guys over at Forza Forney. Anthony Falco, Frank Pinello, Anthony Mangieri, they all suggest you use Forza Forney ovens. They're the best in the business. ForzaForney.com. And if you do buy an oven or you have a question, either let me know and I'll send you an intro, or you can go to Forza Forney and just let them know you heard about them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. And we look forward to seeing you at the Forza Forney booth in Las Vegas. One more thing before we get on the podcast, our mastermind group is open for 2020. If you want to check it out and you want to join a group of entrepreneurs and really get your questions answered, this group is great for people who want to do marketing, want to grow their business, want to be held accountable, and want to group, join a group of entrepreneurs and other business owners who are really motivated and want to grow their business as well. It's a group where you can ask your questions. We would get two monthly calls where you can hop on, ask me any marketing question, ask other entrepreneurs in the group what they're doing to grow their business, and we can help you all out. Plus, it's a private Facebook group you can join, uh, and it's really cheap. Uh, it's really cheap. I keep it very, very affordable. We do only have a few spots left for 2020. If you want some information on that, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, or just uh, go to the website. There's a link there. You can also email me, bruce, at smartpizzamarketing.com. Just put mastermind in the uh, subject line so I know exactly what it is, so I can check that email if it comes across my uh, account. All right, I'm excited for this episode. I think you're going to enjoy this one with Mike Bausch. You're going to get a lot out of it, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Mike Bausch from Andolini's Pizza. If you've gone to the Pizza Expo or any of those shows, I'm sure you know or have attended his seminars. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. Thank you for having me uh, once more. I was just looking back on the website, and do you know it was three years ago where we last talked? Yeah, it's been a uh, time is flying by. It feels like uh, not that long ago. I know we talked, we haven't talked in a while on the podcast, but I looked and I, I was expecting it to be like a year or two years, and I was like, "Wow, three years ago I had you on the podcast." It's been a while. Yeah, it's uh, and we've done all in those last three years. I think I've done nine projects. That's crazy. Here, it's been. Uh, uh, a very crazy last three years. If, I know I, we've we've passed each other's company at the Pizza Expo and or the Pizza and Pasta Expo in New Jersey uh, many times, and we've never really had the chance to talk. So I'm like, you know what? I need to get Mike back on the podcast because I always watch your seminars at the shows, and I read your articles in the magazine, and you're doing some cool things. And I'm like, there's got to be some juicy nuggets that he can share on the podcast if we get him back on again. I'm glad to provide said nuggets. <laughs> so give us an update. What have you been up to the last few years? I know you said you've been working on nine projects. Um, give us a little update of Mike over the last three years with Andalini's Pizza. Uh, we opened up uh, a our fourth big brick and mortar, our biggest location to date, and revitalized an area um, called uh, the Riverwalk in Jenks, so a, a suburb. We've done that with all of our locations where we've gone to somewhere that was just getting back to a revitalization of some sort. Uh, 
I don't, I don't say gentrification more as just, uh, but a revitalization of a main street of some sort. And we did that. Then we opened a gelateria, uh, in another where we had already been open last time we talked in Broken Arrow, we opened a, a larger gelateria that makes the gelato now for all of our production because we had to buy a bunch more machines. So we had to move our location. And then that at December of 2017, we doubled our previously called STG or specialty tradition guaranteed that was just doing Napolitana. We doubled it to add a bar. And now we do Napolitana, Romana, and our own style of pizza, which I call Tulsa style because it's a mix of california ingenuity with new york uh, craftsmanship and uh, an oklahoma flower we uh, doubled that opened that called andalini sliced and that was just 2017 wow in 2018 2018 across the street from our biggest or most uh known location in the heart of tulsa a a, a location that closed that had a massive walk-in. They used to do like prepared meals. So this place had a big walk-in and we acquired it and have it. It's a gelateria as far as the public's concerned, but in the back of it, we have a big walk-in where my best pepperoni slicer guys or people that can just really do my prep the best now do it for the whole company. And then we just take it out to the store and it actually enhances our freshness because we're not having, you know, some 17-year-old kid try and cut something in the rush, but doing the best work and then just taking it day up to each location and our dough gets time to rise, along with having a full kitchen there so that our stores aren't bogged down when there's a wedding order on a Saturday night. It all comes out of there. Wow. And then we opened uh, two two small things inside of a uh, an, an upscale food hall. One is an Andalini's and another is a new concept called Metropolis that does sandwiches like a philly a, a new york hot dog a chicago dog a pittsburgh sandwich all these different styles all under one roof and then uh 2019 which just wrapped up we opened a high-end restaurant that was just named as a, a five-star restaurant by tulsa world and it got a really good review it got named uh, one of the best new restaurants of 2019 we reformatted and redid our office and we opened in the tulsa airport uh just about a month and a half ago in a site that we own, which is very rare with airport locations. Usually you give some of the rights to your name. I got a very rare opportunity where they had a spot that wasn't being used by the people who have the, the airport contract. And we got to open a place that sells Tulsa merchandise and does my Romano by the slice and big ass waters and coffee and everything else that I would want if I went to the airport. And now I have that store for me. Whenever I have to leave town. Nice. So it sounds like you've you've had a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, tons of time. <laughs> yeah, tons of time. Tons of time to tons just extra, do whatever you want. Extra time. Yeah. Also, I had a kid. I got. A, I have a two year old, and uh, <laughs> uh, in the mix of all that, and uh, just finished writing a book, which will be out soon. And I write for Pizza Today, so I I just find myself wondering what to do with my days. Oh, wow. It sounds like, so anybody who complains in their life about not having enough time is just full of shit. Yeah, that's pretty much where I go in, <laughs> in my head. It's like, oh my God, I was so, it was such a crazy day. I couldn't possibly, I'm like, okay, you're, you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. So, so where do you get your ambition and your drive from? Like, so you open up all these places, you started, obviously the restaurant business is tough just owning one restaurant, like where does your drive come from? Like, what are your ultimate goals? How do you, how does someone model what you're trying to do? I, I don't think I'm normal to begin with, but even at that, like it's not, some people are highly motivated by money. Yeah. I, I can, I can go on Amazon right now. And if I want to buy a new shirt or get a pair of shoes, I could do that. I couldn't do that as a kid. So it's really not the fear of not having money or the seeking of getting to being some ridiculous billionaire billionaires i i just like doing stuff i i don't like seeing opportunities wasted i guess fomo is my biggest uh reason to do like all these opportunities kind of came at me i wasn't hustling for each one of them everything i just listed it was like like a uh the thing across the street's about to close they're gonna lease it to someone else and this was the time to do a commissary now is it all right let's do it and and every the airport hey uh, i got this spot uh I don't know if you would be interested in it, but it'll be yours if you want it. Okay. Hey, that sounds great. 
And I have my system so tight now that the fact that I could do it and get it done with just a few phone calls and emails, as opposed to the, the insane drudgery that it used to be. And I have a network, I have a sign guy. I have my print shop people. I have extra managers that are growing in the company and I want to have them go somewhere else. And then it also, it's a weird dynamic that a lot of new operators don't know yet is first store is insanely hard. Second store is just as insanely hard, but third, fourth and fifth store, it starts to make sense overall. Cause now you can afford a bookkeeper, but it's a lot easier to pay them if there's another store right. than it is if there's just three stores. So at three stores, you, you know how to operate multiple managers and then it's like, okay, let's get more sites and managers, but keep the quality and, and whatnot. I don't have any investors. I don't have, it's all just loans, uh, SBA loans and me and my brother, and I don't have anything franchised. So it's just purely us. That's amazing. That's a great story. So and it probably helps your managers too, because they see the growth of the company. So it's not just like a job where they're going to go and work there for a year or two, and then they're tapped out. They know that the company's growing. There's opportunity for them to advance. That's And that's a big thing. If you want type A personalities, they need to know that they can have a type A mindset applied to their lifestyle. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I don't want people that want that would just prefer to to fold clothes at the gap i i want people that <laughs> get bored easily uh i wrote about it uh I, a few months ago i i will take a mustang over a mule any day of the week and in that sense a mustang will do something crazy You're like why would you do that that's uh, I, I just decided to do this uh promotion like okay let's let's not do that but i like where you're at let's modify it uh hit me up before you do that i'll take that guy way more then I'll take the guy that I have to tell, hey, take some menus over to the hotels. <laughs> oh, you want me to do that? <laughs> okay. That's that's a mule. Yeah. It's an Eeyore. I don't want Eeyores. I want I want Tiggers. How do you find those guys? Uh you in the interview, you know, you hope to to identify what it is, but people that just seem restless, that's that's really a good sign. Uh uh things to look for in an interview that they're not negatively speaking about previous employment, that the reason that they left their other job, typically, uh, Oh yeah, I moved out of town or I wanted to, you know, move up and I've been wanting to move up and they, it's just one store and they're never going to, and the manager there's never getting moved out. And I, I want to do something else. That's a great story as opposed to, yeah, my, my boss was a dick and I need to, uh, I, he knows what he did or anything like that. You know, <laughs> right, right. that's what I want to hear out of an interview and, and that they've led and that they like leading. And then again, that they just want to be busy like I am. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you hear the same old, same old too. I'm sure you have to do a lot of interviews to find that one person who fits that criteria. Yeah. And the, well, there's a whole other set of, situational differences now than there was just three years ago in that when I applied for jobs in like early 2000s, you would fill out an application on site, maybe even do a test. And the job market was, could be that fickle and that picky. And that was when I lived in California and New York, how fickle and picky it could be. Now people want to go online, fill out their personal details once and then just hit the apply button 20 times over. I had to modify our website to allow for just four questions and, and then just get the bodies in the store. Cause I'd rather, and I ask a question, just have you eaten at our restaurant? Are you a real person that if you, if we call you, you will come to an interview. That's one of my interview questions online. Just <laughs> let's get the BS out of the way. Now, will you show up? Will you show up to, if we call you? And so out of 30 regular online ads through an indie or a monster or even Craigslist or even Facebook out of 30, 15 are quasi legit of those 15, five, if called will answer and set up an interview of those five, maybe four show up to the interview. Uh, and of those four, hopefully one is hireable. So you're at a one to 30 rate on average for any online service. If they apply online directly from my website, it's probably one in 15. 
But Wait a second. Hold on a second. Let me, be... let me, does somebody actually put in there like when you are you going to show up? And they're like, you know what? No, I'm not going to show up. You're right. I'm probably should just quit right now. Do they do that? There's some. There's some who just they just write yes. I'm like <laughs> expand on it. They don't like oh explain God. that you will or have you ever eaten at a restaurant? Yes. What was like pizza? <laughs> well, there's. I mean, there is a dynamic of a lot of people that the the online uh, application process has made it much easier for someone on unemployment to show that they're advantageously seeking work. That's true. It used to have to work to do that. So if I see one word answers, I know this is just purely. It's not hard to tell if someone isn't motivated for a job based upon those answers. That to the thought of asking for a resume is such an insane concept in in food service now that you're not going to get one. You're just not. So everything has to change. And But if I wanted to say, well, screw you guys, you're not going to go to my level of blah, blah, blah. I'm going to miss out on people. So I have to make it that stupid easy and then just try and get bodies to walk in the door. Right. How, how, Once I get bodies in the door, then we could go from there. Right. Do you use any like Craigslist or the usual suspects in order to get that word out there when you are hiring? Or do you just have so much traffic from your customers going to your website that it's just a constant flow of people getting there? What I have done, uh, I don't, Craigslist has, has everything's in, in an ebb and flow at all times. So what I say right now in January of 2020 might not even be the case in March. But today, January 2020, my current workflow, which involves, it's evolved three times in the last year. That's how tight I have to stay on top of this. Wow. Is have my website, have my website uh, and application process linked up on Facebook, and if I really want the job out there, I promote it. So it, it it's always through my direct website portal, but I will then put the link on Facebook and boost it if I want to get there. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that every Tom, Dick, and Harry is on Facebook. Not everyone's on Indeed, not everyone's on Monster, surely not everyone's on Craigslist, or they're freaked out by Craigslist, and so am I. So on Facebook, <laughs> boom, they see it. They type their crap in, and that's and and we're off to the races. What's annoying is, I mean, on the real, Google had a fantastic platform called Google Hire. They called me up in the September, and they're like, "You you got to be on Google Hire," which made sense because I'm on the G Suite across the board. They get me on it, and a month later, it says, "Hey, we're going to be canceling this next year." Oh. And I was like, "What the hell is that? You, it costs you no money. You already built it." And they're like, "Well, we decided, and it's because they want to." It's a stock decision that it doesn't generate enough ad revenue, so they're just removing it from their portfolio. But stuff like that happens all the time now in a tech-aware existence at a pizzeria operator. Again, nothing I've said this up to this point has anything to shit to do with cheese on bread that you need to be aware <laughs> of to, to operate a business. No, it's true. I mean, listen, the number one – we do like a marketing show. We talk to entrepreneurs like yourself. The number one email I get or the question I get when I talk to folks is like, I can't find people or how do I hire people? And I'm like, uh, I'm not the expert at that. Like, I don't really know how to do that. That's why I talk to you guys. So to restate it, best advice today, make, have your website, have a, have a hiring portal. Do, use Google Hire today. There's a bunch of others that are just like it. That is a hiring platform that's embedded into your website. And then make that link, put it on Facebook. And if you need the position desperately, boost it. What boosting means you know, put 75 to 150 bucks behind it, target 18 to 25 within a five mile radius and 10,000 people that fit that plot, that profile will be looking at it and nothing's going to be faster or more effective than that. So Google, Google, what was it called again? Google what? Google hire is the shit. Google hire is great and it's canceled, oh, but there's so, a bunch just like it. So there. that was like a, a form that just collected all the information that you could put on your website. It, it was just a, a, a way for people to, to apply and it was a really clean interface where once they applied you could I, I as a manager could say put that on the calendar of one of my employees to do the interview and then they could leave feedback and I could leave feedback on the on the hire and then we could press hired and they, they would automatically get their new hire paid for a really clean interface and I'm very disappointed at Google for making it in the Google graveyard like Google Glass and and uh, Google plus uh, <laughs> their Facebook, Google Plus, and all the things that they put millions and billions of dollars 
cars behind and then just give up on. Yeah, Google's notoriously known for just cutting the cord on things that they don't want to move forward with quickly. Yeah. How many, how many employees are you up to now as a company? 363. So is it any high is it any easier or harder to find employees as your company grows or are you still in the same process that with one location you need a couple employees and you you put out an ad is it the same thing when you have 7 or 10 locations or is it easier or harder? Uh there's pros and cons it, you know the you get managers that know to always be interviewing and then other managers are afraid of labor and training costs, which is just idiotic that I have to emphasize, always be hiring, always be pushing for new. If there's an application out there, talk to them. Every, every interview is an, is a lottery ticket as I see it. And it's hard to jam that into managers' minds. So being more out there, has helped and especially because if I already have a Facebook following that's, you know, 25,000, it's a lot easier to put that out there than if I was just opening and said now hiring and and word of mouth is out there. So yeah, it is easier in that sense, but just everyone is having a harder time. But I think I've cracked the code more than most in the sense of what, of what I've done with, uh, uh, integrations and Facebook boosts. I mean, yeah, it sounds like from the people that I've talked to, it sounds like you have the, the system most figured out for sure. It's like Moneyball, you know, you just, what, what did we get? Okay. We spent 300 bucks on indeed. How many do we get? Okay. Let's compare that to Facebook. And every time it just doesn't do nearly as well. That's true. Let me ask you a question. Does your personal brand, you Mike Bausch help your business and help you attract people because you are out there and you are such a public figure in the community and in the industry. Does that help you attract people versus if you were just uh, a guy behind the scenes operating seven locations? I think it's, it's a very nice question, but the run of the mill high school, 18 to 25 year old doesn't like offhand know me. Uh, they, it, if it comes to managers and GMs, that that matters because they've oh I worked at this other bar and I heard Mike and his brother Jim are really good to work for. Yeah, that's those types of top level people. Our name carries weight, but young kids and I mean they they don't even know who Van Halen is, let alone me. So it's it uh, it doesn't matter as much. People that are above the age of twenty five are aware of us but that's not my bread and butter workforce. Who is your bread and butter workforce between the ages of what, like 16 to 22? Really 18 to 25, 18 to 25. And then, you know, I have other people that are mid thirties, but usually someone like that is a little bit down in their luck or they moved back into town. And so they even don't know me. Like, I don't really want to open in another city. I might at some point, but I know I could go to Oklahoma city hour away from me. And I'll say, oh, yeah, I own, someone might, what do you do? I own Andalini's. Never heard of it. But I have people from California who be like, oh, we have to stop in Tulsa. We love you guys so much. I was named one of the top 10 pizzerias in America by TripAdvisor based solely on reviews last year. And that was a great accolade. And there's people who come far and wide to see us. But again, I'm not in love with myself to know that there's a lot of people who don't give a shit about me <laughs> or know me, really. Right. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, you got to look at it two different ways. I think that... Um, that's great if people are coming to visit you from other areas. That's obviously a, a very uh, a tip of the cap for for you as a business owner because n- there's probably not a lot of businesses out there that get people to travel that know of you that live in other states for sure, let alone other towns. It, and it is. I mean, it's a full tip of the cap, but I, I am very rooted in the, in the knowledge that I'm not that big of a deal to most people. And, and even to the people that do like me a lot. I'm just a guy that, that knows a lot about, again, cheese on bread. The, the businesses around here have a very nice mutual respect and we get along very well with them, but that's very inside baseball. By and large, Joe Blow person might know some of our story, but that's another thing is trying to let others know your story. I'm probably better known to people that just know any anyone that gets pizza today magazine might know more about me than people in Tulsa 
because I'm putting so much of my personality out there and in the speeches I do. But when I'm here in town, I, it's not the Mike Bow show. It's the Andalini's pizza show. So it's all about the product and, and talking about the, you know, what it means to, to the person, which is, is this going to be the, is this going to be worth my money to when I'm doing a speech or writing an article? It's very much, you know, what have you, what, what things have you been through that matter to me? So that's all personality driven but as much as my personality will be on facebook and be a part of the brand the brand is still the product above me do you think those two can mesh at all do you think there ever can be a point where people in your area know mike bausch versus andalini's i mean people know me don't i'm i'm on i do news demos all the time i can't go to a, a gas station without getting stopped as a and i'm i'm definitely tulsa famous <laughs> again feather in my cap then i'm tulsa famous but the it's not it's i know what moves the needle and puts you know feeds me and that's the a great product and that's what the primary is they definitely mesh and i believe they should but the primary is the product food service and ambiance and food is what people are most concerned about no one everything's convenience driven or quality driven so you have your quality customer or their convenience customer at some point in time we're all one of one of the two the convenience game papa john's pizza all those guys are getting their ass kicked not by xyz pizzeria that you could think of in your head mario's or or little caesars they're getting their ass kicked by gas stations right now gas stations that can create cook a pizza in three minutes are kicking the crap out of the convenience-driven market. So I have to be the experience-driven, end-all, be-all pizzeria, and no one goes into a town and says, I want to eat at the second-best pizza place. <laughs> so I don't. have to be the best. No, it's like, it's either I want I want pizza right now and I don't care, or I want the best. Right. And that's what we are. Now, there's a, a weird third dynamic that the millennial culture is introduced where I want the best and I still want it now. And that's where third party delivery comes in. Nice. That's a good transition. Well, do you do third party delivery or do you do your own delivery? I do do third party. Um, and I've been waiting for it for a very, you know, the second that was even an inkling, I saw the writing on the wall, Tony Gimignani, uh, and we talked about it a lot. We're like, this is going to move everything. Everything's going to shift off this. And that's exactly what happened. And I got to see what would happen with me. Cause I'm like, you're getting it right now in San Francisco. How many tablets are you using? What are you guys up to now? What are the rates? What do you think they'll change to? And then it hit me, you know, 18 months to two years later and I was ready for it and eagerly awaiting it. Cause I told, I dig the hell out of it. Anyone that complains about it. I just don't think they're utilizing it the right way. You got to negotiate a really good rate. I ex gave exclusivity to DoorDash to get the best possible rate. I said, I will promote you in my email blast to my, uh, at the time, 35,000 email subscribers. And, and they gave me a great rate. And uh, I treat the DoorDashers very well, which I see a lot of businesses don't do that. They're like, oh, these guys are just glomming on my business or taking our profit. Wrong way to look at it because I don't have to have a delivery driver on site at three o'clock in case I get a delivery or on a Friday night, lose half of my kitchen crew to being on the road by having these third-party deliveries or deal with all the insurance or, Hey, yeah, Tom got in the wreck or Tom hit somebody's car. None of that's on the table for me anymore. And I'm super thankful or, Hey, this pizza came to me and it was cold. Oh, I'm so sorry. DoorDash screwed that up. Not us. Cause we gave it to DoorDash hot and fresh plausible deniability it's great did you ever did you have your own delivery drivers before doordash i did i did and uh especially in owasso our first location which is a very suburban location i was happy as hell to be done with that <laughs> i think yeah i think people have a love-hate relationship with delivery like you said the the, the customer kind of demands that especially from pizzerias because it's just what's been known forever uh, but we have a hard time finding them and keeping them and it's just hard to manage. So you axed all your own delivery drivers and you go solely DoorDash now. Well, I didn't fire anyone. I was, it was like people weren't, I wasn't having a long list of drivers as it was. It's just like, Hey, and I still have people that drive caterings for me. So I, I had a few guys still left that went and worked at my main Tulsa location 
station doing uh, big caterings where my real like money has or or cream extra money has come from has been in weddings yeah i do a shit ton of weddings that's a popular I do, thing like, five like, weddings yeah. a weekend you do five weddings a weekend on average yes wow is that because you, you have the food truck right we have a food truck and then i go to every wedding show i was at a wedding a wedding show last weekend with our catering director I kind of dropped Andalini's Pizzeria at these, just Andalini's yeah. events or Andalini's catering. If someone's like, well, I want a mashed potato bar with, with string beans. I'm like, yeah, like I can't order that from Roma. Like <laughs> they still sell that to me too. Right. They don't say, Hey, you're pizza guy. You can't buy that. <laughs> Said we could do anything. So it, it's almost like a virtual kitchen in the sense that I could make whatever, do these events. Uh, I got 250 signups from one wedding show last weekend. 250 that'll turn into probably 180 tastings and we always lock in the tasting because as a pizzeria i i get to say straight up to the bride and the groom look at this menu that's how much we charge i ain't look at your ring i ain't look at what your job is and then decide how much per plate the chicken entree is we're not going to screw you. You're, the price is set, and it's going to be, what do you like to eat? Do you like to eat chicken cordon bleu, or do you like pizza? Well, it's your day. They want pizza. And and we make really nice high-end pizza. We bought a bunch of catering equipment, set it up gorgeous, do the most beautiful charcuterie boards you could ever imagine that Instagram the shit out of it. And <laughs> it's a pizzeria that's killing, killing the catering market. <laughs> I love it. Do you uh, is, where where do you set up at the show? Like, so if you go to the the wedding shows, you you have a booth. Yeah, there's. A, I mean, there's wedding shows. I gotta believe everywhere in America, but there's around five a year in Tulsa alone. Jesus, uh, you know, bridal magazine, Oklahoma bride, Oklahoma wedding. These are all magazines, just like Pizza Today has Pizza Expo that have their own quasi expo. The Tulsa Wedding Show, the the Hard Rock Wedding Show, the Expo Garden Center Wedding Show. I'm at all these. We sign up the brides. We we give them a basically a free dinner where they get to eat whatever they want. They try all this different food. Then we create a bid. We lock in the date. They put a deposit down, and I'm off to the races. That's awesome. I've been hearing a lot about that lately. We have a lot of people in our groups that are really looking into expand their catering. And then there's a lot of guys who are doing weddings. And they said last year, 2019 was like their biggest year for doing weddings. It seems it seems more acceptable now to get like a food truck or a pizza truck or something at your wedding versus having it high end catered. And I have high end in quotation marks. It, it's interesting because it, at first it was the food truck side of it, the kitschy wedding. But I'm doing the high-end weddings as well. You're smart about it, though. Like, I think you're doing it the right way. Like, you drop the pizza in your name uh, for this so you don't have that stigma of people seeing Andalini's pizza and it perceiving it as being cheap, right? They just see you as a restaurant now. Yep. That's interesting. And uh, you said Instagram. <laughs> I know you use an Instagram and Facebook. Let me ask, with all your locations, do you have multiple accounts for Instagram and Facebook or do you use one corporate account? a very interesting and loaded question with how to play it and again january of 2020 will be completely different when kerfop and plop comes out and everyone has <laughs> I that call, in a year and a half i, I like to call i say schminstagram <laughs> whatever's gonna hit yeah something's gonna hit right so i had all these individual facebook pages i have a corporate page i have debated going to like what if someone's wondering what we mean by that Target has a Target page, then they'll have one for every single store. I believe that that's necessary when there's variability between stores. I have a suburban store versus an urban store, small versus big. So it is important for me to have an individually, uh, individual personalities on every Facebook page. Instagram, I have one for Andalini Sliced, one for my Gelateria, one for Metropolis, the, the Philly cheesesteak place I told you about. And then one for Andalini's. Andalini's being the macro. I do not do one for every brick and mortar of Andalini's. And I've even considered taking the others and kind of rolling them up because Instagram, the more you feed it with content and stories, the more it, it appreciates you. And you just want people following your feed with whatever you're putting out. 
So I would say on Instagram, it makes sense to have fewer Instagrams. Twitter used to be, again, all these platforms have evolved. Today, Twitter is where you will post an announcement of something. Facebook is more event-driven. And Instagram is the story of you and the story done through photos. Yeah, I agree. So you you have one Instagram for each concept and then one Facebook page for each location, regardless of concept. Correct. I think that's the right way to do it. I, w- I would agree with that. The thing is, like, you uh, you know, uh, the debate is, do you have one giant Facebook page where you – because now you can, like, separate the ads and you can target different communities. But like you said, sometimes you have different things going on at different locations. So – one Facebook page may not serve that purpose that would suit you best for that. In my situation, that's the case. I have my suburban location where I'm going to do a princess party where someone dressed up like Belle from Sleeping or from uh, Beauty and the Beast is going to come and they're going to have daddy-daughter night. On that same day, I'm going to have a pint night and uh, talk with the brewer at my other location while they play, you know, 80, like a nineties movie on, on the wall. So definitely varied approaches. Product is the same, but varied approaches starting in the suburb and then going into the heart of Tulsa. I had to, there's things that are universals and then there's things that are individualized. Which platform do you prefer Facebook or Instagram? Right now, Instagram for sure. I mean, I don't have to boost and spend money for even just doing anything i like that instagram is it's fair you feed it 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 rewards you (laughs) you do good content it does it it the metrics of it are pretty insane you know if if you hash if you put a hashtag on there that's a very large global hashtag hashtag but has not been used much that day there will be more traffic to your photo that day and knowing enough to handle those metrics is a job in and of itself. It used to be you great, you create great content. Good things come to you. That's not the case anymore. You get, you could have garbage content. If you have the metrics, right, you can get pretty far. It's true. Like the, you have to be able to hack the system. There's a lot of hacking going on in Instagram. That's for sure. And you know, they crack down on it. It evolves It changes. TikTok is the hotness today. I, I heard a lot of talk that Instagram's going to create it, its own TikTok, which would make all the sense in the world, just like Facebook said, oh, Periscope is a thing? Okay, we'll just make Facebook Live. Yep. And then Facebook Live was a thing, and then Facebook owns Instagram, and Instagram's like, well, Instagram stories are a lot more approachable in this than Facebook Live. So it, it it's just constantly evolving. Uh, I believe very much that voice control is going to be available in different aspects to say, I want a Tembisimo from Andalini's and saying that to Alexa, we're probably a year to two years away from that being that you could say individual menu items and have it pop in order and that you train Alexa and, and Siri to be aware of those things to get, to get that tight is, is what the next level that I see happening. Do you do any text marketing? I, I haven't, I know about it. I'm aware of it. I'm very apprehensive of it. Uh, it, it creeps out a good portion of my demo still, which I'm part of that demo. I'm with you. It's a little creepy. Uh, I do, I do direct message Instagram and direct message Facebook, uh, those promos, which I, I basically equate those to, I mean, I love moving targets. It's a great company, but that was, Hey, let's send you, send you some mail to your home and say, you should come out to us. That still exists. There's a lot of communities that will still respond to it. But you can accomplish the same thing for damn near free via Instagram. And I can say, okay, who's who's following the guy down the street from me? Okay, I'm going to follow them and send them a direct message saying, hey, uh, love your page. Would love for you to come in for a free pizza. I could do that on auto. There's auto DMs and stuff that you can create with certain companies and really get the message across that way. And it's like you walked up to them and just handed them your card and said, hey, I'd love you for you to come into my restaurant and eat this appetizer like you're having a one-to-one conversation. 
conversation, but you're doing it via what looks like a text, but it's an Instagram DM, which somehow, because it's not their phone number, it's their public profile, isn't creepy. <laughs> I think what happens is text messaging has been around a little bit longer than Instagram. So, you know, people are guarded by that. It's almost like what email was. Like if you emailed me 15 years ago, it's different than if you email me now. I would expect you to uh, know me 15 years ago if you email me. Now it's just like everybody and their brother emails you every second of the day. So it's like it's not as I- I- intimate. Whereas text messaging is like you better know me if you text me. Yes, I agree. You, you, how do you have my phone number? <laughs> right. As opposed to, well, what you basically have allowed the social contract in in direct messages with Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram that I have put myself out there. Here we are. And obviously the account's not private if I'm able to DM them or follow them and they accept the follow. So even if they do have those boundaries, once they accept the follow, if they do have an account that's private, now we're now we're text buddies, except it's through this platform. Right. I mean, I guess there's people out there who do text messages if people opt into it, which I'm kind of okay with. But I just think that that market's way smaller than, like you said, for Facebook or Instagram because people are just on those all the time. Yes, they are. And I like I do advocate a lot for you know uh, the Facebook marketing, like the message marketing. We talk about that quite a bit uh, because that seems to have good ROI, and it's not as I always look at it as different levels of intimacy with the customer. Like email is very not. Is it very open? You can email anybody. Obviously, like following on Facebook or Instagram and then shooting them a message is not as intimate as that. But like then you, it's like the the most intimate marketing wise would be text messaging, and then phone call. Obviously, is nobody does that. And Instagram has has hit the sweet spot where it is still. People have different um, social behaviors with Facebook versus Instagram. People tend to on Instagram only follow the content they want to see on Facebook. They basically were friends with anyone. It's just, Oh, you want to be my friend? Fine. But if they follow you, you're not saying I followed you back. You're just like, like, cause when you connect with someone on Facebook, now they see you, I see you. Instagram's not that you choose what you want to view. Right. So you're curating your, the, your streams and your feeds. Facebook. It's just this dumb, of every single thing ever that you're just blindly and there's so much so much information that now it's like facebook's gonna say out of your ten thousand friends we're gonna tell you the 10 posts you actually might want to see well here's a here's a tip mike on facebook right if you friend somebody so if you have people that are friends and like you get that one annoying friend that just keeps posting political shit all the time you go into like your settings and you unfollow them so you are still friends with them but you don't ever see their content very true but we, the, in, in, in the Instagram world, that's just, my point is that it never even right. applies to that. Yeah. On Instagram, you just have and to follow that person. It, and that's what makes it so viable. I mean, now my, my, again, 2020 goals is that my content be a fully entertaining stream. I am full, I am do, creating content that is humorous and thoughtful beyond just look at this look at this look at this buy this now look at this uh it's a very curated approach i have text streams with all my stores and and my social media team where it's like hey everyone let's shoot try and get uh something fun that's happening right now or pull a pizza shot or let's get shots of of a beer being poured right now film it on a video upright film it this take a shot and then it all is in this group thread on iphone and then we take my social media person's pulling it out and loading it on our Instagram feed as a as a story. I love that. That's a smart idea. It makes everybody involved. It does, and it gets better content, and we're feeding the beast. Yeah. Are you, are you on TikTok? Do you guys have a TikTok account? Well, the TikTok doesn't allow for company accounts. I've created one, and and we've been talking about like it's it's. I was like, I had this whole idea of what I was going to do for a video i don't want to really ruin it but and then that song wasn't available it's like well shit tiktok (laughs) it's just and now it's like okay what can we do that's never going to go out of style parody parody never goes out of style parody is the one of the very very few things that never goes out of style that's why uh weird al and the simpsons and south park are all still viable entities 
30 to 40 years after their creation yep. and Saturday Night Live. So if now I'm like, okay, let's just see what everyone else is doing on TikTok and then mock it. That's the win <laughs> because uh, I, I'll, by the time this comes out, I will have released our uh, uh, unboxing video of a pizza with me as, as a, a character, like checking out a pizza. I'm doing an unboxing of a pizza. Like, oh my god, check out this pizza. Let's unbox it, y'all. Hey, what's up, you guys? Look at, let's check this out. All right, follow me in the comment section. Almost that like a, you're mocking a YouTube star. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's funny. So, where can people go follow you if they're listening to this on TikTok when it comes out? Well, it'll be at Mike Bausch when on on TikTok when I have that release. Uh, our YouTube, everything's at Ando Pizza. Our Facebook is at Ando Pizza, which I keep it simple. Andolini, somehow people spell it wrong, so at Ando Pizza. Our Instagram is at Ando Pizza as well. And my Instagram is at Mike Bausch. Uh, if you're into the, if you're a pizza nerd, and I'll be, I have seven seminars at uh, at 2020 Pizza Expo. Uh, I will be doing a, a four-hour seminar on Sunday and another different, in four hours seminar on Monday. A four hour I seminar? Love meeting people in the industry, people coming up. Two different four hour seminars, yes. Jesus. That's intense. But time flies. I mean, I, I can bang that stuff out all day. It's, I, I live and breathe it. I like helping people out. I had very few people that I could turn to. There wasn't a lot of resources when I was coming up. There was just scattered books with outdated info, really, when I started and uh if i can provide things to help someone else live their american dream that's i i do dig it it i just dig it it's it it makes me feel better about the industry and i think it makes the industry it makes me better the more i do it so good begats good and that's why i'm into it that's a big part of it for me your first question why do i like doing this i kind of get you know i kind of get that there's only so much time on earth and I want to be doing cool shit during it. And I'm in my 30s still, and you know, got probably another 20 years after this of doing this, where I'm still in my moment. And I want to take advantage of it now. I'm not waiting for something else to happen. This is it. So I'm trying to do as much so I can look back on it and say that was cool. Well, I like it. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. I know there's a lot of people listening to this show right now, and they probably no, they didn't probably. They definitely learned a lot. Got a ton of free information from you. Um, if you missed where you can follow Mike, we will link all of that up in the show notes for this episode. There's two episodes with Mike. He was on way episode number 258. Oh, what, is, what episode is this going to be? Oh, this is going to be 260s. You weren't in 258. You were in 58, 58. So almost 200 like, episodes yeah, later. Early. Yeah, you were on the first couple months we had did the podcast. You were on there first year for sure. Uh, we'll link all Mike's social up on the show notes for this episode. Um Go check out his seminars for the Pizza Expo if you're going to be hitting there in March. If you're listening to this when it comes out after March, or if you're listening to this after March, you're probably going to be doing seminars again in the New Jersey one as well, correct? I always, I love the guys at Pizza Expo, and I love doing this stuff, and being a member of the World Pizza Champions with uh, Tony Giovanni and all the guys that we have. It's just a collection of people that are really dedicated to progressing the industry. And it's a very unique industry. It's a, the pizza industry is, there's no group of burger makers, that, you know, that's, that are doing what we do with pizza. So I'm very stoked about it. <laughs> you can say that again. Mike, I appreciate you joining me. Don't hang up, but I appreciate you joining me on the episode. Everybody go check out Andolini's Pizza on Instagram, Ando Pizza. Um, on Instagram, on Facebook, and I'm excited to see that TikTok video you have coming up. So, Mike, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Bruce. All right, thanks, Mike, for joining me on the podcast. I told you that was going to be a good episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it, and I hope that listening to this podcast every week inspires you to grow and uh, you learn something. That's the the main point of doing this podcast is I really want to have these guys come on that we all see at the Pizza Expo or online, or in the magazine, and really want to be able to pick their brain. And for 2020, I'm going to be having these guys come and join me inside of our mastermind group, so you can come and join us on a live call and ask some questions yourself. Because I can't think of every question, as much as I try to, and I try to be curious, and that's what I feel like my job is on these podcasts, is to be curious and ask questions that I would want to know if I was operating a pizzeria, or 
when I was operating a pizzeria, the questions that I was thinking from these guys. But sometimes you have one that may I, I maybe miss. And that's why I'm going to be inviting these guys into our mastermind group, doing some live calls in there. Uh, so if you want to check that out again, email me with the subject line mastermind, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com or go to our website, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind for some information on that. Thank you guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we'll be live at the Vegas show again if you want to come join us. Maybe you want to be on the podcast. I'd love to hear some from some of you guys who are or gals listening to the podcast right now. If you're going to be at the show, shoot me a message with what your business is and maybe your story a little bit, and maybe we can hook up at the show. We can do some podcast episodes with one of you who are listening to the podcast right now. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Smart Pizza Marketing. Also, check out our new podcast, the Local Business Podcast. If you enjoy listening to the SPM show here, the Local Business Podcast is going to be a show similar to this one, but with other business genres. Maybe it's a donut shop. Maybe it's a plumber we talk to. And there's going to be a lot of marketing experts based on different topics. YouTube, I have few YouTube episodes coming up. Facebook ads, we have one of those coming up. Instagram, multiple podcast episodes in the future based on Instagram and how to grow. And how to grow the right way, not in a phony baloney buy engagement, which I know, never mind, I'm not even gonna go there. But no phony baloney buying engagement, faking your Instagram account to make you look cool. Actual Instagram strategies to not only grow your following because you do want to have as many people as possible know who you are, but you want to turn those people into customers. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on with these Instagram, not necessarily just growth, but like how to turn those people into customers. Facebook, email marketing, UGC, how to become known, YouTube, LinkedIn, so many different topics. So if you're interested in any of that, go subscribe, search in your podcasting app. Maybe on the show notes for this episode, I'll shoot a link, but on your podcasting app, just search local business podcast and we will pop up. You'll see a face of me. It'll say local business podcast. You can subscribe and uh, check out those episodes. I think anybody who's listening to this podcast right now is going to see a tremendous amount of value from that one as well. Even if it's not pizza related, you can definitely listen to those podcasts just like you do this one if you're not in the pizza industry. Get something out of it and go implement it in your business. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate your attention and we'll see you on the next one.